to thank everybody for being faithful to the house of God this morning. You have put yourself in a place where you're going to benefit spiritually because you're here today. We've perused and moseyed around the book of Isaiah for several weeks. We said we moseyed around Jeremiah for a little bit. Amen. You can find the book of Jeremiah chapter 1. We'll see if we can't find something in that. Praise the Lord, Brother Thomas. Jeremiah chapter 1. Starting in uh, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. Before a single cell existed, before there was a fetus, before there was a baby, God knew that person. And not only that, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, now this is Jeremiah responding to that, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. So the first thing that God says back to that is, you're not a child. And then he tells him what he is. You're an oracle. You're going to speak my word. You're not a child. You're going to be my mouthpiece. Verse 8. Be not afraid of their faces. For I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. We're going to find out why he would be afraid of their faces in this time here in a minute. Verse 9. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. When he reached out and touched the mouth of Jeremiah, the ability went into him to be able to speak exactly how God wanted him to speak. And that came by a touching of the mouth. Strength came by the touch of God. Amen. Just by a touch of God. We've already talked about Isaiah lining out before God all of his problems, all of his inadequacies. And then God, well, really one of the cherubims reached out with that coal, the tongs. They got a coal from the altar and touched his mouth. Touched from God. If you feel inadequate this morning, or you feel like you need refreshed in your spirit, you need a touch from God. That's what you need. You don't need, you don't need somebody that, that doesn't have anything to do with God to tell you, well, you've got it all together and you're going to be okay. Just cheer up. No, you need a touch from God that will lift you up out of where you're at and raise you to something higher. Raise you to a new anointing. Amen. Strength comes by a touch from God. And if you've got your bulletin with you this morning, you got your bulletin, say amen. 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 You see that our title is Made for a Purpose. 
made for a purpose. DNA is something that's really fascinating that God created. We, you know, we think about human beings, animals, these large things that God created. It goes so much further down than that. It goes to cells and atoms. All these things that were individually created by God, trillions of them make up everything that we're looking at here today. And so his handiwork is exceptional. And he has great attention to detail, not just in the cells and the atoms, but in your life. And he paid great attention and paid attention to the detail for your DNA and your personality and your talents, your abilities. These complex things that at a certain point somebody discovered, these strands of DNA that we have, were also in the plan of God. And today we discover things that have been in place for an eternity, and we're just now figuring it out. God's like, yeah, that was on my drawing board a long time ago. You're just now getting it. So many things. Just an example that you can find out in your own Bible. Do you know that for years, um, for many, many years, including in, our, in America, through our own American Revolution and beyond, one of the go-to treatments for sickness, especially sickness that didn't nobody know what it was at the time, would be to bleed people. And what they would do, they would, uh, in different ways, sometimes they would actually take leeches and put them on people to bleed them. And they would also actually just, most of the time they would cut the person on their arm, about right here, areas where it would bleed easier. And uh, they would literally just allow the blood to pour out into a pan because what they thought was the sickness was in the bloodstream, so maybe, just maybe we'll get enough blood that what they call the sick blood out of them that they'll be all right. And of course, lots of people died in the process of this because they lost too much blood. Do you know that even our first president at one point was bled of his sickness? George Washington, this is something that just happened often. It was the practice. But if perhaps... They had paid attention to their Bible just a little bit more. There's a verse, Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11, that says very clearly, not talking about anything but the physical fact itself, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Amen. If you take too much blood from the, from the person, they're going to die. They're, you know, they just thought, well, you know, they're, they're bleeding them, and, you know, they've got... 15 quarts of blood over here and, and then they pass away. Well, the sickness got them. You know, I don't know. No. The life is in the blood. And so we're behind God on all this. We find out about all this stuff so much later and we're still discovering things today. Uh, but the more we learn from science, the more we discover that it points to a creator a divine person that has set all this in order not to be messed with. It's a process that he's created. Everything from the plants that are growing up this summer and messing with your sinuses even today, you know, it's all a process from God. Amen. If you're struggling with your sinuses, you're going to make it today, praise God, because he's given us a, a bodily system that begins to reject those things and recover all of this is created by Him. 
And he's given purposes to everything he's created. First and foremost, even though it was one of the last things he created, one of the greatest purposes to any of his creation is to humanity. Today, we, each and every one of us, have a purpose. Amen. And what a terrible thing it would be if um, somebody just believed that there was no purpose for their life. If they really believed that. Today, I'm telling you, we're going to see it in the Word of God. You have a purpose. God has, before you were ever formed in the womb, He knew you. And He had ordained you, maybe not to be a prophet, but for something. He has ordained you, each and every person. Now, when we call out names of professions like teacher, police officer, nurse, uh the initial images that come to mind of these things, um, you might think of a favorite teacher that you had. You might think of somebody that you know that is an officer um, or maybe a doctor you encountered and met on a hospital stay. All of these people, they do very special things in our society and it's necessary. We need people that can administer order in our society. We need people who can uh, administer hospital care. All these things are necessary. And it's a vital contribution, even though perhaps they don't get paid like they should in our minds for, uh, for all that they do. These are things that most of the time these people say that they feel a genuine calling to. To care for people that are sick. To be in the line of fire sometimes. To make sure the law is in place. There's other factors that unite these vocations. Long hours, high stress. It's maybe not the most sought after jobs there are, but there's a sense of calling that's there. They're called to that position, that thing. I would hope they are at least. The importance of a calling, I cannot stress enough today, we need to know our calling in God. Amen. We need to know our purpose in God. We don't need to try to be another calling or another person or purpose in God. We need to find out what our own is and walk in that. Not be insecure about it, but know what God wants for us and what His plan is, what the DNA says. And so we have to have an understanding today, a thorough understanding of this, the fact that God speaks to His people. Amen. God speaks to His people. We don't serve a silent God today. That's right. We don't serve a still idol made of some earthly element that really, for most of the people that pray to those things, if it even did move, it'd scare them out of their shoes. You know what I mean? When God moves, it doesn't scare us around here. That's right. We know it happens. We know God speaks. But there are times in which it seems that we kind of get accustomed and uh, used to this idea that God speaks to people. You understand how fascinating that is? Why would God choose to speak to beings that are so much less than Him so often? This is an amazing thing. But because he does that, we know we must have purpose. 
Amen. Why would he choose to do that if we did not have a purpose in his plan? He speaks to people. And we can get very used to that. We don't need to just get so comfortable that we don't have reverence for when God speaks to people. Amen. And when he speaks through a sermon, when he speaks through prophecy, amen, I don't want to ever get an attitude about myself that, oh, just another day, you know, in the life. This is a moment when God has chosen to open his mouth and speak right. into our life. Right. It's, amen. This is a, this is a, a wonderful amazing thing that God does and he does it so often among us here in this church and as apostolics who are used to manifestations of his spirit sometimes it's easy to forget that for many of for us the idea that God speaks to people it's shocking it's shocking and it's inconceivable most people who you encounter today have never heard the voice of God in their life. And because of that, because they've not simply put themselves in an environment where they're speaking to Him already, they don't hear Him speak back. And so they don't serve God in a lot of ways. Uh, what makes this even sadder is humans were designed specifically to hear God's voice. We were designed to hear from heaven. And even more deeper than that, we are designed to have communion with God. That's right. The very first people, Adam and Eve, walked with God in the cool of the day. And they talked with Him. And from the very beginning, this communication, this fellowship with God was to take place. It was supposed to always happen, and sin uh, impaired that for a time. And it even impairs people from hearing Him today. We are to have daily fellowship with Him. Now, this happens, it, it breaks off this relationship with God, and then they are forced to uh, have punishment. You're going to have to have pain in childbirth. You're going to have to work for your food. You have to work the ground of the earth. And still yet in all of this, hear me today, in your parenthood, in your job, in your work, we are not excluded from having a relationship with God in all of that busyness. We've got to find time to still walk with God Amen. in the cool of the day. Yes. You got to make that time, no matter what, or all of your work for food, all of your raising of children is going to be for naught. Now, through the scripture, listening is used to describe the human posture of submission, worship, obedience before God. And it's the most obvious in Deuteronomy chapter 6, that verse that we all know Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Hear God. Know God. Love God. We're being commanded to do this. And so God speaks words to people. Now there's this law that you may have heard of that um, scientists 
have accepted as, you know, there's no way of knowing how absolutely true it is, but uh, they've accepted as absolute truth. That's called Hubble's Law. And there was a scientist by the last name of Hubble, and I'm, I'm quite sure that in all this, probably the Hubble telescope was named after him. There was a discovery at some point that the universe, everything, every planet, every star, everything that exists in our universe is expanding. It's all moving, even right now. It's, it's going further out. It's all being cast out. I mean, you know that when you have, uh, if, if you were in space right now, you understand this, that if, if I were to take this Bible and I was in space and I were to just kind of let it go, it would just keep on going in that direction, right? And that's really what much of space, space is doing, even right now, according to this law, is that it's just expanding. And then what they're going to tell you is that it came from an explosion and some worm got in a put of muddle and lightning came down and, and all this, what have you. I'm not going to get into all that this morning. But if it's expanding, I do know this. I do know this. God spoke all this into existence. And when He did, when God speaks a word, the Scripture says it doesn't return void, but it accomplishes that which it was sent to do. And if He said, let there be stars in the sky, at the command of His Word, the stars fill the sky and they're still moving right now. Right. Spoke the Word thousands of years ago and they're still moving at His Word right now. When God speaks a Word to you, it accomplishes its purpose on, if right. it takes 20 years. Amen. If it takes 100 years, if He tells you something, if He commands something to happen, if He speaks a word, you can rest assured today, it's going to happen. Yes. It's true. You can hold to it. And just the same today, He can speak something into your life and it'll, it'll, it could keep on happening. It could just keep on unfolding itself in your life if He felt like it today. The power of a word from God. That God speaks to His people. We can't underestimate this. We can't cast it aside. And not only does God speak to people, but He calls people when He speaks to them. Oh, how many Scriptures we could go through this morning of men and women of God that He spoke to in an instant and called them to do something. And they answered that call. We got to understand and get a reminder ingrained in our mind today that God speaks to us. Yes, and He can call us and we can pray. Hear me today. We can pray for hours and hours, but at some point we need to allow God time and we need to listen to what He wishes to speak to us. We can overload Him with requests and things that we want to see done but what about what God wishes to speak to us? Amen. Jeremiah, who we read of in our text, the prophet lived in a time of upheaval. His calling that we're reading of today in this text happened at a midpoint 
between when the people of God were where he wanted them to be, living right and not in captivity, in between that point and a point where they were in the Babylonian captivity, right in the middle. And so Jeremiah's calling would happen on the entry into Babylonian captivity and it would be through Babylonian captivity, rough times for the people of God and uh, the events of his lifetime are a study in here's a man of God who is experiencing wonderful things by the Spirit of God and then here's what's happening to the people of God around him. He uh, witnessed a tremendous revival led by the good King Josiah. As an adult, later on, Jeremiah witnessed the city of Jerusalem besieged, the temple looted and burned. These are things that he's seen in his time. But he got a word from God one day. He said, the very first scripture said, and the word of the Lord came to me. We are so often searching for a word from God. I have, uh, in the, the privileged amount of time that I've been to a lot of churches, a lot of services, different things. I've experienced somebody, you know, several times coming up to me and asking me for a word from God for them. And, uh, you know, there's just some people that think, you know, that if they're, if they're in service and they're not getting this earth-shaking word from God every time, then they're not living right, you know. And I can't even remember what I told him, but I did not have a word for that young man on that particular date. Uh, I was carrying a book of words from God that I could offer him that I felt like doing. I could have said, here you go. You know, if, if you don't, if you don't feel like God is speaking to you, He's already spoken. There's plenty to, there's plenty to uh, digest that I can assure you that we have not all in this room entirely digested yet. Amen. From the Word of God, it's not, it's not uh, something that we take a part of. It's a whole meal we're to consume of His Word. And it's just even more of a privilege that every once in a while He'll give a fresh new word by prophecy or by preaching. Uh, that, and that's good. Now, there are times, in fact, that somebody really does need a word from God. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. Now, there's only two reasons, Brother March, that I can come up with in my mind that God will not give somebody a word from His mouth. Now, I'm not talking from reading from this. I'm talking about a word to a situation. I can think of two reasons. The first one is that it's not time for them to hear the word that He wishes to speak yet. Right. They don't need to hear it yet. Or they still have not acted upon the last word that He spoke to them. And so He's not going to give them another word that they're not even ready for yet. Amen. And they're not going to do that one anyway, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut until they obey my first word. Oh my. Come on. 
felt a little pocket there. Amen. So let me ask you this. Grab your seatbelt on. What is, perhaps, you feel like you have not felt that direction from God, that divine word from God, what is that thing that God has told you to do already? He told you, He spoke it to you. This is what I want for your life. This is what I'm telling you that you have not acted on yet. That because of that, He cannot speak anything else to you. He wishes to. He wants there to be a progression, but we have to respond. When God speaks, we must be reverent to it. Right. And we've got to not only hear it. The Bible says don't just be hearers of the word. Be doers of the word. What is it that God has spoken that I can make sure that I'm doing in my own life? And we've got to obey the word of God. Amen. Not just his physical word that we read, but when he speaks it. When God says something. And I'm, I'm confident. I feel in the Holy Ghost. He just said that. I'm going to do that. And I can't deny it. I, it's going to, you're going to have to confront it. You're going to have to either do it or you're not, you may not hear from him again. It's, it's, you right. know, it's like this. this. This week, we were leaving the campground uh, in Redfield. And we left the camper on Thursday evening. And when you leave the camper, you know, you get all the trash. And you take the trash to the dumpster. Sister Kim's already laughing. You get all the trash bags, you take them to the dumpster on the other side of the campground. And so on our way out to go out the gate, we've got all these trash bags, you know. I'm driving, and I'm just trying to make it a drive-by. You know, I'm going to jump out, throw it in, and we're on the road. And uh, I get out of this car, I open the door. It's a high, you know, I can't just throw it out the window. It's a high. And uh, I get out, and I get the trash sacks. I throw them in, slam dunk. And I turn around to mass chaos. Because... I wasn't paying attention, but I parked ever so close to uh, the first church of the flies. And the horse flies showed up to service too. And they're everywhere around this huge pile of trash. And they are bombarding this little yellow car. And Sister Kirsten and Sister Cameron there and a dog that doesn't know what's going on and just loads of luggage in this vehicle. And my door that's open has just escorted them in. And they're in this place flying around. Everybody's screaming, you know. And I'm the only man present, so I've got to deal with it. And everybody else is sitting, you know, well, they're sitting and screaming. Oh, hallelujah. And so I've got to get in this thing and get to figure out how to get them out, you know. And so, and so here's the deal. I'm, I need to get out of this. This is too. Anyway, you know, you got your windshield comes over to the door and there's a little area in there, a notch. And they're just huddled up in there having a family reunion, i got to figure out how to get them out. So the only way to do it is take my hand in there and scoop them out. 
I do that and it flies into Sister Kim and they get back in there and I'm just scooping and scooping and they're flying into everybody else. Finally, I said, open the door. And one of them flies out. We think we got it, right? We left the other doors open. About two or three more fly in. <laughs> and the world is coming apart at the seams. <laughs> or at least my little yellow car is coming apart at the seams. But I had to figure out if you're ever going to get these flies out of this vehicle, you got to get them out. Brother, you got to shut the door. Because they're like, okay, let's get back in. And it looked like, you ever see one of them clown cars? Like where they all, there's like 50 people in this little car. It was about to be that. We was about to, everything was about to come out of that thing. And finally we got them out. But I had to understand that in order for there to be peace, in order for me to get what I want, in order for me to get where I need to be, I have to understand to get it out and keep it out, you then have to shut the door. Amen. Now, we want to hear another word from God. He's already spoken one. Problem is, We've not followed through on all of it. We've not, we've not done everything that we've been asked to do. Commanded to do sometimes. And so you're in here and you're dealing with flies. Being attacked. Come on somebody. And you need a word from God. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. You need to go back to that last word. Follow it to the letter. Yes. Amen. And, and, and shut the door on what God asked you to do the first time. And then He'll speak to you. Yes, amen. He'll speak to you. There's a process in everything that God wants us to do. He's got an order to it. Yes, He does. Amen. Amen. And so, we've got to follow through on His Word. Jeremiah was called to be this prophet. This turbulent time. He was called, the scripture that we read said he was called to be a prophet unto the nations. But before God ever said that, he said that I knew you before I formed you in the womb. Okay? So you're going to be a prophet unto the nations. But that all starts with me knowing you. Amen. Amen. That's good. Come on. Oh, there's great things for the, your future. There are wonderful things that God wants you to do. Now, none of that is as simple as taking one big step and I'm a prophet to the nations. It starts with God knowing you and you knowing God. Amen. Amen. It's all, this whole thing, what I want to use you to do, is predicated upon a relationship with me. If, amen. I, I want everybody in this room, everybody in this room, to progress to a spiritual maturity like you never imagined that you would have for yourself. But you know what? It does not matter who you are or how long you've been serving God. All of that has to build upon I'm going to walk with God in the cool of the day. I'm going to open up my ears to what He has to say. And when He's ready to speak a word, I'm going to give Him time to do it. 
In our prayer meetings in this very room, one of the main goals that we've had, I think that if you're here, you've been to those, you can say that, is we've not just prayed through every need that we've had and ended that, but there's been time where we've just felt what God is, is putting on us, what He's trying to say. And that's when there's been sort of breaking loose. It's when you enter that throne room, you're having communion with God and He's speaking to you. We have to make room for that. We've got to. We have to. Now, so Jeremiah gets this call and he has resistance. He's got this resistance. His response to that, it, it was not Isaiah's classic response that we read a few weeks ago that said, here am I, send me. It's not quite like that. Actually, he protested and he said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Now, there's no way of knowing if he that was actually literally truthful, if he was a child. There's some people who believe this. It's quite probable that he was young. So many people that were used in ministry of God were very young men by our standards today. Perhaps even a boy when he received his calling. But uh, it, it seems today that he was speaking of more than just his age. It was him perceiving and, and telling God, I am a vulnerable person in the midst of all that is going on to speak your word to people who have no reverence for your word, who have no reverence even for life. They'll kill somebody. And you want me to speak to these people. God uses young people. So many times He used young people. As a matter of fact, uh, it's actually believed by many that all of the disciples were younger than 20 years old. And they know this because of the temple tax. You had to be of a certain age in paying the temple tax. And it's believed that Really, many, many, many people throughout the Bible that were used of God were at a very young age. It does not matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. God can speak to you. He can shift you in your anointing to something else. He can call you somewhere else. He can use you in a new ministry at any age, at any point, with any opposition right. like Jeremiah was facing. And he, he essentially told God that I am a child in this time uh, to be used in such a way. And God gave a response and he did not simply tell Jeremiah to be quiet and quit complaining. He didn't say, don't say another word, just do what I said. He didn't do anything like that. And he didn't just refute Jeremiah's claim and say, you're not a boy, quit talking like that. But rather, there was a divine rebuke that caused Jeremiah to not be able to run to any fear that he had or any excuse that he had given. In fact, every objection that Jeremiah gave and could have given was addressed by one phrase, four words. All God had to say, I am with thee. I am with thee. 
And that's all you need to know here today. If God speaks something to you and you're confident that that's a word from God and you're going to follow through with it, but you are in fear of what may happen, what others may do, what family may say, you need to just understand those four words. I am with thee. And believe that. Whatever you're going through today, here's, here's something for you. He is with you. Praise God. Praise God. And whatever happens, you need not worry about it. Now, I'm hurrying along this morning. But I, I've heard a story. But Brother Billy Cole. Anybody hear of Billy Cole? Amen. One of the greatest men of God that's ever walked this earth. He's passed from us now. Great, great, mighty man of God. If there was an apostle, Billy Cole was an apostle. And he would speak. He would be in services. Thousands of people would get the Holy Ghost in foreign countries. And Brother Billy Cole went with his nephew, Jack Cunningham, to a service one time. Jack was preaching. He was very young at the time. It was early in his ministry. And Jack Cunningham preached a message at this place, church, wherever it was. And uh, they got in the car after it was over. And I don't know if they were going to eat or going home or what. But Jack Cunningham was sitting in the back seat. Billy Cole was in the passenger seat. And they had somebody that was driving. And Jack Cunningham, the young minister, powerful man of God today, said at some point, Uncle Billy, I don't think that went like it should have. I, did, I dropped the ball. I did a terrible job. And Brother Billy Cole, who if I may, is a rather large man, turned in his seat. They're driving down the highway and grabbed Brother Cunningham, his nephew, and brought him up to his face. And said, Jackie, you preached the word, did you not? He said, yes, sir. He said, then why are you apologizing? It may not be this thing where you feel like electricity is flowing through you when it happens when you witness to somebody, or when you reach out to somebody, or when you do something for God, when you go and lay hands on someone, you may feel at the time that maybe this is just the silliest thing. God didn't command me to do this. I'm just doing it. I don't know if this is in the Spirit or not. You know, it's not always like everything is just totally ordained from God. You know you're supposed to read your Bible, right? And you do that. God doesn't have to wake you up in the morning and tell you, read your Bible right now. You know you're supposed to do that. You know you're supposed to pray, right? Not everything is completely ordered of God in a moment. Doesn't mean it's not right to do. And so when you feel, maybe I should go lay hands on that person. It may or may not be God telling you to do that. Do it anyway. Amen. Do it anyway. Because you know in your heart, this would be a right thing to do. Amen. And if nothing else... 
The words in this book are well enough. You don't need an absolute word from God for every situation. You have the Word of God. And if you'll use that, His Word will accomplish that which He was sent for. Amen. Amen. He knew you when you were in the womb. And He still calls us today. God calls on people today. And He wants to use people. God made you for a purpose. Can I have an amen? amen? There's not a person in this room that God did not give a purpose for in some way, shape, or fashion. And here, here's the thing about it. There is none that is less than the other. Amen. We, we've had lessons in this room uh, about fivefold ministry, the scripture that addressed different forms of ministry, prophets, evangelists, pastors, all these different things. Not one of them is elevated above the other. And guess what else? Neither is the ministry of the singer elevated above any of those either because this is not a deal where somebody of humanity is head of this plan of God. It's just God's plan. That's right. And you today have a purpose that is valuable to God just like my purpose is valuable to God. And it means just as much to him today. He yes. cares so much right now, even as I'm talking to you, that you accept the purpose that he's given you, the calling that he's given you. He wants you to follow through on that. He wants you to go through with it. Now, let me back up just a minute. If God speaks a word, and the stars begin filling the sky. And they're still doing it today. T today. God still speaks just as strongly into lives. And how about this? He could speak something to you this morning that will have ramifications and continue moving the rest of your life. Through the rest of of your family. I told a young man just this week, your decision as the first one in your family to live for God has caused heaven to shake because you have opened up something for your kids and their kids that your parents did not. God could do something in you today. Words from heaven today. Now this is what's really wild. Words from heaven are dropping on this earth today. God speaks to people and moves on people in this end time hour more than He ever has. How can we not ready ourselves to be used in all of this? I want to have my ears wide open. I want to be involved in His plan and in His Word because if I'm not involved in the plan of God, and if I've not heard that initial word, give your life over to me, and I've not responded to that, and I'm not still responding to it today, my life has lost value, ladies and gentlemen. Responding to the word of God gives your life true value today. It accomplishes the purpose of God for you. Amen. I've I've received these things. Maybe you have. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm the only person that the weirdest things in the world happen to. 
But I receive these things in the mail. Maybe you get them. Or maybe on the hood of your car. Where's it at? I got one yesterday. I was in the Goodwill. Everybody loved the Goodwill. Amen. I was minding my own business. I came out to my car. And on the hood of my car was this pamphlet. And I'm not going to read the thing off to you or anything like that. I'm not in the business of bashing people or something like that. But this pamphlet proceeds to tell me how we have a word from God for you. looking for a new t-shirt today. And you need to come. First of all, you need to send money in the mail. And then come. <laughs> and stay in Temple Southern something or another, you know, and uh, be a part of all this because you're going to get a word from God. About five or six places. I can't help myself. I've got to read through it. There's five or six places where it addresses me. Here is a word from God. And there it is, you know. And I thought to myself sitting in my car yesterday, what a shame. What a shame that People don't have the experience of getting a real word from God. I'm here today and I can walk myself into the throne room of God and pray to a point where everything that doesn't belong in this vessel is gone. And He can fill it up and I can commune with Him and I can talk to Him and He can talk back to me. And there's folks who have no idea how to experience that all over this world. And so what they have to do is they have to say things that catch my attention and, and put wording in bright letters and, and do things that's going to motivate me to do this. And there's scriptures that say in our, in our Bible that there were men who said, Thus saith the Lord when the Lord had not said. I can know today that God is speaking to me. And I stood, you can stand with me this morning. I stood, I stood uh, Thursday morning in a service at an Arkansas youth camp. And I began to move through the altar and pray for young men and young women. A message had just been preached on the calling of God that He has for your life. And there was just a point where these altars were so full and there were so many people calling out to God. Young people anywhere from 15 to 20 that had their faces buried deep in the altar. And I walked over to an area... If you're at the campground and you're in front of the altar, about right in here, sort of like, where I received a word from God to preach. 
And when I walked over there, there's about five or six young men shoulder to shoulder. That when I laid my hands on them, there's not a doubt in my mind they were receiving calling and receiving word from God. Nobody had to flash a bunch of lights. Nobody had to make smoke go up in the air to catch everybody's attention or something like that. There was just a pull from God into His presence. And He began to speak into their life. I don't know what they were dealing with. I prayed for them. And I prayed that God would pour anointing on them. But I know this today. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with in your life, God can meet you and He can speak to you. Amen. He can speak to you. And you know what else he says? He don't have to tell you this today. It's in his word. I'm telling it to you. I am with thee. I am with thee. And you can rest assured that he'll be with you. Would you lift your hands right now?